You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Hello and welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on AM 1320 The Drive as well as over the internet at 1320thedrive.com. Joining me today in the studio is Patty Vine of Providence Sports Magazine. And last night, if you missed it, uh, the Revs coming off a great win over SD Dallas, uh, one of the top teams in the West. Uh, many people are saying MLS Cup preview match, and so far the Revs come out, came out on top in both games of, of Dallas in the regular season. Yes, Sean. Thank you for inviting me back to your show. It's always a pleasure since I live in Providence and uh, work for Providence Sports, the Hispanic uh, ma- monthly magazine. What a game. I mean, 42 points. We're leading the MLS. We have pretty... Uh, Steve Nichol has led this team consistently this season. Uh, and we've pretty much consistently been in the first spot, top spot. I think we should buy our tickets to Dallas today. Well, we don't want to jinx that, but uh, the, the Revs had a little bit of struggles um, with a five-game... Well, not a five-game winning streak, but a three-game winless streak, where Dallas has had a six-game winless streak. Uh, the two teams that, uh, after the first few months, were the Revs and Dallas, and Dallas has really faltered. The Revs had a little spell where they weren't doing as well, but uh, the past two games really shown that they've come back and, and are now playing a little bit more like they've been playing at the start of the season. Yes, uh, big disappointment as we watched the Revolution lose to Kansas City last Saturday night, but I was uh, pleased to, to note in the stats that as far as road performance, Kansas City is the number one team uh, in terms of wins on their road games. So that kind of made me feel a little bit better about that home loss. Yeah, but at the same time, the Revs were uh, one of the top teams at home performances up until that point. But uh, still, at at this point, looking back at it, it wasn't too bad. The Revs are still right in first. Uh, uh, first place is they hold the destiny to first place. Um, they could even afford to lose one game, uh, and now judging by the, by the standings, they could still make it into first place. Um, assuming even the other top teams won every game, the Revs could still afford to lose one, and that's a great position to be in. Great position to be in. And Wednesday night, we we witnessed uh, the New England Revolution, Rail Salt Lake game. New England beating Rail Salt Lake four goals to one. It was a runaway game. It was uh, Rail Salt Lake, and unfortunately, Chief us, the two new franchises, both at the bottom of the stats, uh, Rail Salt Lake doing a little bit better with 19 points, but of course they lost again last night, uh, I believe the score was 4-2, to two. yes, Kansas City, um, and the only highlight being of course Jason Christ getting his 100th career goal. Yeah, both those teams um, really struggling on the road. So uh, it, it was good for the Reds to pick up a big victory there after coming off a disappointing loss to Kansas City. It's really what they needed. And coming into Dallas, played a great game again with, without uh, Pat Noonan up top, who's been uh, one of their best players er- earlier in the year, but out with injury. And hopefully he'll be back on Wednesday. It was a fabulous game. It was uh, sh- The goal by Shalry Joseph was just the icing on the cake. And now there is... Uh, I believe he's going to be traveling with Coach Steve Nichol, who was named this week to coach uh, the team, the um, MLS All-Star team in Spain, 
for the Copa Bernabeu on Tuesday night, August, coming up in 10 days. It will really be interesting to see how that works out. Um, you see... Um, with with many teams having U.S. Open Cup games that day, I'm sure they don't really want to be losing their players. And you could, they could still really make a great all-star teams out of the teams that weren't playing. But from what we've heard so far, it sounds like they're probably going to be picking two players off of each team. So each team is represented in this game. I, I don't know how that will work out. But it, it should be a great game against some tough, top-class opposition you see on Real Madrid. Uh, the likes of Ronaldo, uh, David Beckham, Luis Figo, who's actually recently transferred, but um, they also have they just brought in Robinho, who's the young starlet from Brazil. So Michael it, Owen, Michael Owen, Zinedine Zidane, and Raúl, and it should be an excellent game for to test these teams. But at the same time, you see a guy like Landon Donovan who says he'd rather have the three days rest than play in that game. And when they're paying him a million dollars to be the star of the league, that I don't think that's really acceptable for for him to be saying. Exactly, Sean. I read that article and I was thinking to myself, how selfish, because this is not about Landon Donovan. This is about the good of soccer in the United States and having a, an all-star team from the MLS, a league that's only 10 years old, going to Europe, being invited to this prestigious game. But then I realized on August 24th, reading further, Galaxy is playing in the U.S. Open Cup, and he wants to be there for that, and I believe that would be impossible. Yeah, I, I, if, that's, if that's what his reasoning is, I agree, but um, it, it seems... It's more to focus that he's, he's too tired and fatigued and he wants to rest. And, no uh, excuse. And if that's what his excuse is, that's no excuse. He's been Like, for example, the last game he only played 45 minutes against Chivas. And, and really, if they're going to pay him to be the... If he's going to be the highest paid player in the league, he's got to accept the responsibility that he's going to be the, the league's really poster boy and that he's got to be playing in these big games. Exactly. And if we look at last night's results, Galaxy uh, lost... To Chicago, two goals to one. So I think if I were Landon Donovan, I'd be concentrating on getting, uh, playing a little better for his team and putting more effort in because Galaxy uh, lost. Yeah, he seems to be a type of player that uh, can can be the, a dominating player when he wants to be, uh, but sometimes he just doesn't doesn't when he's not happy. He does not play up to his potential, and he's just an average player. Which, which isn't something that I think the league wants to have players like that. He seems to come on all cylinders when he's playing for the national team. And so this Wednesday night, let's hope that he combines with Taylor Twelman in the same way they did for the All-Star game. Because they looked like they were having so much fun playing together in the MLS All-Star game versus Fulham. Did you get that impression? Yeah, that, that, that you heard Landon Donovan at the end of the game. He was talking about... Uh, how great it was to hook up with uh, Taylor Twelman, and, and um, they they asked him, I believe, about uh, if he was going to tell Bruce Arena that it'd be nice to have Twelman on, and, he, and of course he said that um, the way he was playing then that it definitely would be a, a good partnership to have with the national team. And Twelman has had a few chances with the national team, but every single time it seems he's been late subs. He's been um, he's had uh, walking pneumonia one time. He's had all these different things that hindered him that maybe have allowed him to play, but have hindered his playing ability to the best of he can. He does have one assist for the U.S. I believe he's made about. About ten appearances at this point, uh, but I think he deserves another chance, and I, I think he could be a great player for the U.S. I think this Wednesday night will be when he has to show uh, what he has, like he has been with the Revolution, and how he he's in gold second highest goal scorer for the MLS this year. He's not injured. He's, uh, I think, a beautiful partner with Landon Donovan, and I think we're going to see great things from both of them on Wednesday night in East Hartford 
when they play Trinidad and Tobago. And we also see Steve Ralston getting the call up, and Ralston has hooked up so well with Twelman over the years that uh, I, I can I, I imagine how w- well that would be if the national team had that same partnership going with uh, Ralston with the great crosses and Twelman putting them in the back of the net like like we saw in 2002 and and every year since then. It's it's I think the Trinidad and Tobago game is not going to be the big uh, as as. Uh, tough a game as of course against Mexico on September 3rd so they have to get everything they have to get the team together uh, perfectly this to me is kind of a it's not a practice match but I think the Mexico game which is sold out in Columbus crew and it's the first time I didn't realize Sean since 2001 that the U.S. has played Mexico in the United States. And that game was also in Columbus, and the U.S. won that one 2 nothing. Exactly. So, as you said, the Trinidad and Tobago game will not be as tough of a match as Mexico, most we likely. We, we don't expect it to be. But um, as, far as, as far as that game importance-wise, a win there would pretty much clinch their, their way into the World Cup. I, I think with the top three teams making it, um, and the U.S. already so high up, I think a win there would would really clinch the way into the World Cup and make the game against Mexico uh, a little less pressure on them. Exactly, because if we, it, should we win, we will move to 15, 15 points. However, Mexico is, is the leader right now, currently. Mexico will be playing Costa Rica on Wednesday night, and Guatemala will be playing Panama, which uh, should be an interesting matchup based on what we saw in the Gold Cup. And Panama currently only has two points, has not won a game. But we saw Guatemala completely fall apart in the Gold Cup, and Panama uh, do such a spectacular job. So this Guatemala-Panama matchup should be interesting, uh, although it doesn't look like either team has a chance to to finish in the top three. Yeah, Panama is... Has um, really been impressive in the Gold Cup, and I, I believe one of their points in World Cup qualifying actually might have came against Mexico as a tie. So they really can play with some of the bigger teams. They haven't been that lucky um, as far as World Cup qualifying, but they are a team to, that that really has a lot of potential. And as you saw with Ricardo Phillips, who did so well in the Gold Cup, now uh, Panama Papers are reporting that he has signed with MLS uh, to a, the, for the end of the year with a three-year option after that. And it's, it's really great to see these Panama players making it big and possibly coming into MLS. Now, we don't know which team that player is going to. However, the Revolution are reporting that we are getting a Central American player. Do you think that could be the player? Well, it would make sense. He'd be a perfect fit, I think. Um, he, he's a forward, and he can also play right wing, and they said the Revs are going to be getting a Central American forward, so he, he would fit that build, according to the Boston Globe. Um, and he would fit that build, and they said that it sounds like, from what they made it out to be, that, that they already know what his team is, but they're not announcing it to not jinx the deal. I, I guess that's what the Panama Papers are reporting. Okay, so... It could be a great new addition for the Revolution. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Revs have been uh, struggled a little bit when they were missing four or five players with the national team. Uh, and now it's great to see them adding the depth. We saw Daniel Hernandez uh, sign with the team, and he'll be available for his first game this Wednesday against Colorado. And uh, it's great to see them not sitting on what they have and, and adding to the team and making it even better. Well, as I thought about it these past this past week, uh, as I mentioned to you earlier in the week, uh, Coach Steve Nichol has been the most consistent coach, the coach that has turned the team around completely, and we have just gotten, over the years that he has been coached, just gotten better and better. And so if ever we had any doubts, they are totally erased. 
about any uh, any particular coach, this coach has been the best. Yeah, we saw um, in his first year getting Coach of the Year, um, following it up with the Revs' best uh, regular season record. Um, last year, obviously, they didn't ha- have the best regular season uh, injuries and call-ups. I suppose you could blame someone on that, but then they had a great run in the playoffs. And now this year you see him uh, being selected as a coach to coach the All-Stars against Madrid. So it's it's really a testament to how well he's done with the team. And he also may na- be named Coach of the Year. Should we win against Real Madrid, and should we do as well as we expect and get to the MLS Cup, he may once again be Coach of the Year. Yeah, definitely. But um, I think one thing about that is MLS Cup doesn't seem to be factored into the awards as they're headed out before then. But Exactly. Uh, but it's based on regular pre- season performance, which... I don't fully agree with after we saw Greg Andrulis get coach of the year and then have a horrible performance in the playoffs. I think that that was something there that should lit up warning signs and possibly say to change it, but nothing's been done about that yet. Maybe a few years down the road and, we'll change and that. And where is Greg Andrulis now? Well, less than a year later without a job, so I, I, I think that proves that maybe that should be reworked a little bit. Exactly. And we see, um, as you mentioned, the good coaching you saw the Revs against Dallas uh, with with how well they played against us, it seemed like uh, they were ready to come in that game. We've seen a few games in that stretch where they didn't seem, they didn't come out as fast as they could. But the past few games against Salt Lake, they came out good. Even against Kansas City, where they had the loss, they came out quickly. And it's good to see them come out quickly and put the pressure on the opposing team and get an early goal. It wasn't that early, 33rd minute, but getting the first goal when the Revs get to get the early lead, it's hard. They're a hard team to beat. Exactly. That game was. Uh was I got a little worried, I have to say, when Carlos Ruiz tied that game and before the first half ended. Was it what minute did Carlos Ruiz? 58th minute. Right after the first half. Because all of a sudden, after the Revolution scored the goal, you, I'm sure you noticed the difference in the Dallas team. They really put the pressure on well, before the, the end of the first half. The first half, the Revs seemed to be... Um, dominating mostly and having great chances but then um, towards the end of that half and into the second half Dallas seemed to came out the better team um, you saw at the end of the first half the Reds were leading on shots 11-3 to and by the end of the game uh, after that Dallas led the second half 7-4 to in shots so uh, Dallas came out in a more tough team but Shari Joseph uh, got the captain's armband and immediately came out and scored that goal for the Revs. He's really been a great player this year, and I think he's definitely an MVP candidate for the Revs in the league. And he has not gotten the press. He has not gotten the credit. I don't think that other players have gotten. No, he's not the big name, but he's definitely not the big name. He's definitely a great, a great player, and I, I think he definitely deserves recognition for possibly MVP award. And uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with some more Revolution recap. Hi, this is Scott McPherson from the Sports Journal Live to tell you about my friends at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic. Whether you're involved in a sports injury like I was or involved in a motor vehicle accident, Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic will get you back on the road to recovery. The specialists at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic in Somerset are the area's leaders in physical, occupational, and speech therapy and can help you get through the recovery process with first-rate attention and care. Clifton specializes in sprains and strains, hand and wrist splinting, stroke and neurological rehab, as well as post-surgical rehabilitation. For more information on Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, call 
508-675-7589 or visit them on the web at cliftonhealthcare.com. That's Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, your first stop on the road to recovery. Whether it's a major sports injury or that pain in your knee that's becoming more than just a pain in your knee, Coastal Orthopedics is with you every step of the way. The friendly doctors at Coastal Orthopedics will help get you back to a normal lifestyle. ACL rehabilitation, scoliosis, shoulder arthroscopy, knee ligament injuries, knee arthroscopy, rotator cuff injuries, to total knee replacement. Coastal Orthopedics has three convenient locations to serve you, two in Fall River and one in New Bedford. If you're an athlete with an injury, Coastal Orthopedics is your first choice for top quality care. And the doctors at Coastal Orthopedics understand you don't need to be an athlete to need the best in orthopedic care. So if you have an injury, think of Coastal Orthopedics, 235 Hanover Street and 1030 President Avenue in Fall River and 84 Grape Street in New Bedford, 508-646-9525. Coastal Orthopedics, with you every step of the way. In the market for a late model, one owner automobile? Then why not stop by Matthew Auto Sales? On Route 6 in Somerset, to the area's first choice in late model one owner automobiles. Family owned business for over 40 years? Matthew Auto Sales also has auto glass repair, auto body, and towing services. Come by and see Richie about the good buy of the week. That's Matthew Auto Sales on Route 6 in Somerset. Or check them out at www.matthewauto.com. Or give them a call at 508-678-9033. That's 508-678-9033. And make sure to bring Oscar a doggy bone. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Uh, when we went to the break, we were talking about the Revs game against Dallas. Um, they got out to the early lead with Texas native Clint Dempsey um, scoring the goal, and then Carlos Ruiz tied it up in the 58th minute. Uh, and then, uh, as we were talking about at the end, Shawry Joseph with a great goal, his fourth of the season. Um, he's really picked up. He, he was. He's always been a great defensive player for the Revs, but this year his offense has, got, has gotten so much better. He's got several assists. Uh, we saw him get that great assist against Dallas in the last time they played him in the 3-2 one. And uh, this game he scored a great goal from distance, something that I, I don't think many fans would have expected out of him. It was completely unexpected. I don't think we've seen him score a goal quite like that before. That was that was a great goal. Yeah, he's got, if you count Open Cup, he's got five goals this season. Um, uh, I believe he's got a four-game goal-scoring streak if you count Open Cup. Um, he didn't score in the Kansas City game, which I believe ended it, or the Real Salt Lake game, I mean, which ended it. But uh, other than that, he's been scoring a lot in recent weeks, which is not something you've expected out of him. And it's another dimension that makes him that much more of a dangerous player and more of a valuable asset for the Revs. As a midfielder, yes. And I was just glad to read in the Globe today that he may get to go with the MLS All-Stars to Europe. And that's a well-deserved reward for him, for the for the play and uh, goals and the effort, as you say, he might be an MVP, he is an MVP candidate, not might be, 
Yeah, well, the way he's been playing, I'd be I'd be uh, shocked if he didn't make the trip to Real Madrid. Um, uh, he's number one on my list when you think of which Revs player do you think is like who would be your MVP for, for this season for the Revs? I'd have to point to Shari Joseph. There's been a lot of great offensive performances from Clint Dempsey and Taylor Twelman and Pat Noonan, uh, but Shari Joseph has just been ever present and has done so well. I think the, probably the worst game the Revs played was the game he was out suspended. He's the workhorse of the team. He played with a broken nose, I believe. He, he, he gets twice. He played with a broken nose last year, this year. Nothing stops him, and yeah. he's finally getting rewarded. I think in all areas for his efforts. Yeah, he's now the Revs' uh, really second-choice captain. Um, he leads by example when he's the captain, as we saw, putting on the armband, and then just a few minutes later scoring the winning goal of the game. It's, it's, he's really a great guy to have on the team, and uh, I th- the re- he recently signed a contract at the beginning of the year that made him one of the higher-paid players in the Revs, and I think that's well-deserved. Well-deserved, because I think last year he was one of the lowest-paid play- players in the league. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I got it. I did not realize that Steve Nichol actually played for Liverpool in one of the games. If you look back on the history of the Trofeo Bernabeu, he played for uh, in 1989. He played for Liverpool when they played Real Madrid and lost to Real Madrid. So he's got. I think he's got vengeance in in mind. Last year, uh, the Mexican team Pumas beat. Real Madrid won nothing. The year before it was River the the rival was River Plate from Argentina. Real Madrid beat River Plate three to one. And the year before it was a German team by Bayern Munich that also beat Real Madrid. So the MLS All Stars can also have a chance and I think Steve Nichol, uh, who knows some of the players, obviously, they're English, uh, some of the players on Real Madrid I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, definitely. We saw um, uh, with Real Madrid, their preseason has not gone as well as they hoped. Uh, they played a good game against the Galaxy. The Galaxy put up a good effort, and I think that's the reason why they invited MLS All-Stars to play in this game. Um, but r- recently they've had a, a 3 nothing loss to a team in Asia that's not very well known, and they played most of their stars in that game. So I, I think the, re- the MLS has a good chance to come out and win the game and earn some respect for the league uh, internationally. It will. That's why I didn't like the comments, as you didn't, of Landon Donovan, because a win against Real Madrid is worldwide attention to MLS. And we're in our 10th season, but we still could use some of that type of publicity. Well, my question is, is Landon Donovan a little bit nervous after um, his last go-around in Europe, uh, in which he played against Liverpool in the Champions League, and, and he got played so so badly that um, all the English papers are going after him. Maybe he's a little worried and doesn't want to have to deal with that again. That's true. But Landon Donovan, I think, is one of our, if not our best player in the country. So not to have him on the team just doesn't seem like it's an all-star team, if you ask me. Exactly. When, when As I mentioned before, when he's the highest paid player in the league, they're paying him a million dollars. We had Hernandez on last week talking about uh, guys like Twaman making like a tenth of what he's making um, and how they're not a tenth worse. I think when he's getting making that much more than some of these other guys, that he needs to expect to be playing in all these games. And uh, he's, he's only 23. Is he really burnt out and too fatigued now to play in a game on a Wednesday and a game on a Saturday? No. It's... it's I, I believe his comments, as I say, were related to the U.S. Open Cup game that, the, that Galaxy is playing the following night. And they're three games away from being the U.S. Open Cup champions. So I think that was mainly uh, what was in 
what were in his thoughts when he made those statements. But I think the game in Spain is by far the more important, even in the U.S. Open Cup. One game of the U.S. Open Cup, which continues for two more games, if they win, of course. And uh, we, we mentioned earlier the Reds also had a big game on Wednesday against Real Salt Lake. Uh, they played extremely well in that game. Clint Dempsey got after the 12th minute lead, and then just four minutes later, Taylor Twelman uh, put him up two nothing. And it was really great for them to get a two goal lead that early on. And then Jason Christ came out um, on a free kick. Uh, Taylor Twelman made a bad tackle, ran all the way back, and tackled right in front of the side of the box. Gave Jason Christ a perfect chance on the free kick. Um, and I, I know the refs had a great game that time, but and Twelman's been playing really well. But one thing about Twelman is. Recently, he seemed to get frustrated giving it when he gave up the ball or something like that, and he'll run back, and he'll, he'll make these fouls in dangerous positions where you saw that against Real Salt Lake. I believe there was another chance as well where he did that, and then we also saw that against Dallas, and he got a yellow card for his tackle. So it, it's, it's not something you want to see out of your star striker running all the way back there and creating a foul and possibly causing your team to get scored against. Exactly. However, I do like the fact that he always does... Uh, he's not the lone striker type player. He does. Play, he will run back. He will get in, uh, help the team out in whatever capacity. But the fouls are obviously the downside, and I'm not sure why that's been happening so yeah, often. At the same time, you see um, he also did some good marking play at, at the game and towards the end when they have the lead. But uh, earlier on with that foul in the 61st minute um, in the Dallas game and then the foul in the, in the uh, 30th minute against Real Salt Lake, it, it, he's, he, it's great to see him hustling back and doing that, but at the same time, you don't want to make it, give up silly fouls like that uh, and possibly get himself a caution point problem, as well as giving the re, giving the opponents a dangerous chance to score. We're going to see how he plays, uh, how this ha- on the national team, because I don't think Bruce Arena will want him to to take on that uh, fouling <laughs> that role in the uh, game this Wednesday night. So we're going to have to see if this kind of behavior continues I guess. It'll also be interesting to see Avery John on the other side, Trinidad and Tobago possibly going up and defending uh, Taylor Twelman, which will be something that would be fun to watch. Exactly. That's a game, if you can't make it to the stadium in East Hartford is on ESPN 2 on Wednesday night. And also ESPN 2 HD, I believe with the first soccer game they're having on ESPN 2 HD if you have the HD TV and uh, I haven't had the chance to watch a soccer match in I haven't either from what I've heard it's, it's spectacular and it's, it's hard to go back to watching it on standard definition after you've seen a game on that so the fans that do have that will be in for a treat on Wednesday night uh, the best goal I, I believe you would agree came by Kano Smith when he was substituted in at the end of the Real Salt Lake game he was also uh, put in as a substitute against Dallas at the end of the game. I was kind of wondering why, because he's a forward, and I would have thought we would have gone more into a defensive mode at the end of the game. But he is a uh, a very large player. He's over six feet tall, and uh, I'm not sure why the sub- substitution came yesterday. We even questioned it on Wednesday night before he made that spectacular goal. Yeah, he, he had been struggling. I believe he's played in a... 14 or 15 or 16 games at this point. Um, he's only got two goals, and for a guy that's your, that's your third forward, you want to see more goals than that out of. Um, he had a great start with the assist, and I believe his first or second match, and then he had a goal in his first start at forward. Uh, but since then, he hadn't played too well. And but we saw in the Real Salt Lake game, he came out and scored a wonder goal, as the announcers were calling it. Uh, 
from the from the side from really the touch line uh, with not much of an angle scored a, a blast and that really could be the candidate for the best Revs goal of the year so far. Exactly, I think it is so far. Yeah, and, and the, it's great to have um, have him doing better and hopefully he can keep that up because the the Revs are going to need a third forward when uh, guys like. Twelman and Noonan, who we've seen have been called up to the national teams, as well as we've seen a guy like Noonan come back injured. So it's really imperative that they get a, a, somebody else who can prove that they can score. Exactly. We don't know what could happen injury-wise between now and the end of the season. So we do, no matter what the injury, to what player, we still want to be in Dallas in the new stadium on November 13th in the final of the MLS. And then in other league news, you mentioned uh, Jason Christ scored his 99th goal against the Revs on Wednesday. Uh, this Saturday against Kansas City, he scored his uh, 100th career goal. First player in MLS to reach that mark. It was in a losing effort where they lost 4-2 to Kansas City, but uh, it's great to see uh, in this 10th season of MLS a guy like Jason Christ get that goal. Uh, I believe it was Eric Ronaldo or somebody else who posted an article earlier on MLSnet about... Um, how unexpected it was from a guy like him. They see the guys like Eric Ronaldo, Joe Max Moore. See, these guys are going to be the 100th goal. And then Jason Christ comes out quietly, and, and he, he gets the 100th goal. And it's really impressive for, for the league to have a guy like him. Yes, and it came in the 72nd minute of a 4-2 loss uh, against the Wizards. Sadly, we have been unable to view his goal yet, as there doesn't seem to be any video footage of it. The which TV is, game was not televised. was not televised, and it's a real shame to see a 100th goal. You'd think they have somebody that would view it, but uh, we haven't seen anything yet. I, I would assume they have video of it somewhere, but uh, I haven't heard anything about that yet. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and then hopefully we'll be back with uh, Revolution Captain Joe Franchino. Are you tired of all that? You know, if you and your family need a car, use caution because some dealers just miss the mark a little. At Saturn or Seacock on Route 44, we take the hassle out of your car buying experience. At Saturn of Seacock, it's extremely easy. We give you our best price the very first time. No haggling, no hassling. It's honest up front. It's the Saturn of Seekonk way. And now we're open Sundays, too, to fit your schedule and make it even easier. Plus, extra help if your credit isn't perfect. Call Saturn of Seekonk at 1-888-350-1534. Plus, come to Massachusetts and we finance your sales tax. Call 1-888-350-1534. Saturn of Seekonk, Route 44, number one. So bye, bye, bye. Now, you got to admit, you must be tired. So call 1-888-350-1534 for Saturn of Seacom, a Herb Chambers quality dealership. For over 120 years, the Sun Chronicle newspaper has been providing Southern Massachusetts with the best in local news. And now, the Sun Chronicle is available in stores and on racks every day by 6 a.m. But that's not all. When you open your Sun Chronicle, you'll find three new tabloid-sized pull-out sections. There's The Place, written by teenagers for teenagers. The Place will feature interviews with local high schoolers and also contain student art 
as well as what's hot in music and Hollywood. You can also look for the Sun Chronicles newly designed pull-out sports section. Not only will you continue to get the Sun Chronicles award-winning coverage of local and pro sports, but you, the reader, can sound off in the all-new sports forum. Finally, look out for the Get Out section every Thursday for a helpful way to plan your weekend. Get Out offers theater reviews as well as listings of night spots, restaurants, and movies. Get Out will also provide best bets to help you make the most of your leisure time. The Sun Chronicle newspaper, your very best source for local news. Whenever the Sports Journal hits the road, they hit the road in style with a town car from Town Car Travel. See how affordable luxury can be? Town Car Travel will bring you anywhere you need to go in the style. Town Car sedans in black and white, late model 810 passenger limousines, and a 2003 Ford 14 passenger van. They service all the major airports, cruise ports, train stations, bus stations, casinos, and concert venues. Plan that special night out for almost any event. They offer any point-to-point -point transportation in the Northeast area. That's Town Car Travel. Check them out on the web at towncartravel.com or give them a call at 508-678-5500. That's Town Car Travel, 508-678-5500. Or if you're in Rhode Island, 401-662-6956. That's Town Car Travel, 508-678-5500 or 401-662-6956. That's Town Car Travel, and the next time you arrive, you'll arrive in style. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining us now over the phone from Frisco, uh, Texas, where the Revs just came back off of 2 nothing, 2-1 went over Dallas. Uh, we have Revolution Captain Joe Franchino. Joe, can you hear us? Yes. Thanks a lot for joining us today. No problem. Uh, how's the feeling with the team now after uh, the 2-1 went over Dallas, who's been such a tough team uh, on the road uh, in their brand-new stadium? Uh, it's a good win. We, uh, we're happy right now at this point. Um, it was a good atmosphere yesterday, and sure, we came up with a big goal, so uh, it was good to get those three points. Charlie, can you tell us a little bit about the new stadium, which will all, will be the stadium for the MLS Cup? Uh, it's, it's beautiful. Hopefully uh, every team eventually gets one of these stadiums. Uh, it's a great atmosphere for soccer, and um, it's uh, the field is perfect. And there's not, it's not finished yet quite with the bathrooms and the um, and the uh, locker rooms, but it's a beautiful stadium. Hopefully, like I said, that everybody gets one. And going back uh, to earlier in your career, um, drafted by uh, Los Angeles Galaxy, uh, really your hometown team being from California, uh, was that really a dream come true to be uh, drafted onto the local professional team? Yeah, of course. I mean, any time you, you know you're growing up as a kid, uh, I don't think soccer was too much of a, of a it didn't come true. I mean, there's baseball, but when the league came about, you know, and I was in college and it gave me the opportunity to play, that's that's something I uh, always dreamed of doing. And when I went to L.A., it was a dream come true. And then um, you saw a few years later uh, bring in Luis Hernandez uh, and then the Galaxy forced to give up two players. Was was that something that was kind of upsetting to see that they would uh, make that trade off? 
No, not really. I mean, yeah, it was upsetting at the time, but now that I look at it, it was uh, probably the best thing that happened. So uh, with the res now, you're in your uh, sixth year. Um, I already have over 100 appearances. Uh, what do you think of, of the team now compared to when you came back when you came back to the team in uh, 2000? Well, for the first thing, I mean, playing for uh, playing for the owner Robert and the coaching staff Steve Nickel and Paul Mariner and the, my teammates is just like second to none. So there's there's no other place I'd want to play in the league and. There's a chance that I was going to play somewhere else in the preseason, and uh, I'm just really fortunate that I'm here with New England. Uh, not only playing for Robert Kraft, but uh, playing for the coaching staff and my teammates that I have here the core here is just second to none, like I said. Uh, you've worked, Joe, under other coaches. How does Steve Nichol compare? Because uh, as a member of the press, as a spectator for 10 years, I've seen what's happened under other coaches and it seems to me that Steve Nichol is the most consistent coach, and he has consistently improved the team. How yeah, he he uh, he has a knack. I mean, he's a player, so all the guys get respect for uh, for someone who is he's probably one of the best players in the world at his time, and for someone to to, to have that capability and to, to have a knack for bringing in good talent. I mean, you see Parker's coming in this year and Dempsey last year, and the guys that he's bringing in are just like second to none so there's, he brings in good quality players and he has a, he has a knack for bringing in players like that so he's a great coach he's a great scout he's all of the above so um, he's everything you want in a coach and starting goalkeeper this year for the Reds Matt Reese uh, leads the league and he, he was, you had the chance to play with him back when you were in Los Angeles and now playing with him again uh, what do you think of how he's done this year and uh, do, you, do you think he's the top goalkeeper in the year after how well he's been doing this year yeah, Matt Reese. I mean, I said it ever since I was in LA. I thought he should have been starting ahead of ahead of Kevin Hartman. But it's tough for a goalkeeper, you know, to come into this league. I mean, there's only 12 jobs available, and Matt was patient. You know, he supported his teammates, and finally he, he just bided his time, and finally got an opportunity. You know, Aiden went to Norway, and uh, he got a chance. And like I said, Matt is an all-star keeper. He's been that way ever since he came into the league. He just needed an opportunity. He's just been he's been patient. He's been a good professional, and uh, it's just paying off for him now. And the team this year, after such a fast start, after every other year being known as really a slow-starting team, uh, how, how is it different this year, getting off to such a fast start and not having to, to worry about the stretch run and being a, a, a do-or-die thing with every game a must-win? Uh it's it's pretty cool. I mean, like it's never happened. Just we're just enjoying the ride, but we're still talking about how we can finish first in the league, and we're still thinking about you know what, uh, what we can do better. I mean, we're we're always trying to prove ourselves. We don't we can't put a finger on what why we're playing so well and what we can do. I mean, Steve and I talked yet, yesterday, and we're trying to think about preseason next year and try to mimic the way we're done, but we got a minute of what we did last year now we're in the second part of the season the most important part and that's that's coming to the stretch run in the playoffs so we uh, we have we have a goal in mind and that's MLS Cup but at the same time we're just taking one game at a time you know how those Patriots did it you're headed uh, Joe to Colorado to face the Rapids and you've got uh, you're going to have a tough job I think with uh, Jeff Cunningham and Jean-Philippe Peguero, the two forwards. Jeff Cunningham will actually be at the national team. Oh, he will be the... Oh, okay. So you won't have such a tough time. Uh, Jean-Philippe Peguero uh, scored the only goal for Colorado uh, Saturday night. How are you planning to uh, face Colorado this Wednesday? 
Well, you know, anytime you're at the top of the table, um, you, you got a target on your back. So every every time you go out on the field, people are going to want to beat you. So that's that's the number one. We got to come out to play. You know, we're going to be missing three players ourselves. So uh, with Avery John gone, with uh, Taylor gone, and with Rolfing gone, so. We're going to have players missing ourselves, so guys are just going to have to step up. Playing in the altitude is going to be one thing, but more importantly, we just got to worry about ourselves, you know. Um, we're coming off a high right now. We've got a couple of days to uh, get our feet back under us and get a good training in Monday, and then we take off Tuesday. So I think the guys are looking forward to it. I mean, Colorado's a good team. they got a good coaching staff, and they got good players, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a test. And uh, as you're talking about Colorado, uh, with some of their better players, and John Felipe Figueroa, we mentioned earlier, uh, Speedy Fords, um, playing, you've already played against most of the teams in the league now. Who, who do you think are some of the biggest competitors and challengers uh, come time for MLS Cup? Uh, I think Dallas is a good team. I think they, they, they need to get their players under wrap. I mean, yesterday I was expecting a bit more, you know, with uh, Eddie Johnson you know, coming off injury. He's not quite quite up to form, but, um, yeah, the, those big big-time players like Eddie Johnson, Landon Donovan, those guys are going to be tough to stop. I mean, they're paying a grip of money, so I think on the stretch run they're going to, uh, they're going to be uh, tough to handle, you know. Uh, more than I expected yesterday, I was expecting Eddie Johnson to be running at me a bit more, but he's kind of in cruise control. So I really don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a test. I mean, uh, during the stretch run, it's like who's going to step up, and hopefully we're going to be able to step up. And uh, I don't know who, uh, as far as opposition, is going to step up, but uh, uh, we I was looking forward to uh, a bit more of a test yesterday. And with, with the team bringing in some uh, reinforcements now, uh, at the same time that players are getting called up for the national team, uh, Hernandez is getting brought in, and according to the Boston Globe, the team is going to sign a Central American forward. Uh, it's pretty close to signing one. Uh, do you think that's great that the team has these reinforcements coming in uh, to make the team even better come time for the playoffs and now when uh, all the call-ups are going to be gone? Like I said, Steve Nichol and Paul Mariner, they're second to none. With them bringing in new players and trying to make this team better, it only goes to show you know what this club's about. You know, we're uh, we're probably the lowest payroll in, the, in this league. You know, and and uh, the way they keep bringing in players and improving this team, and the way people, especially the players, how they want to play for this coach and in this organization is just like, second to none. So uh, no, it doesn't surprise me at all, and I think it's great what they're doing. And a guy like Hernandez, who's been with the team before, um, you had the opportunity to play with him uh, back in 2002. Uh, what do you think he brings with the team to the team, and uh, do you think he'll be a, a vital part of the team's run at the MLS Cup? Uh, you know, when Hernandez came back and uh, he joined us, uh, the only thing I can think about is walking out the MLS Cup, and there's 63,000 people out there, and he was in the starting lineup. So uh, I'm glad he's back. He had a good stint in Mexico, and uh, I think he brings a lot to this team. I think he's a lot of leadership. He's been in, uh, he's been playing, I think, uh, for eight years as well as I have. So uh, any time you get a player with that quality, I mean, he's calm on the ball. He's a leader, and uh, definitely when we have guys missing or, or when we don't, he's going to bring something to the table. So uh, yeah, it's important that we get guys like Daniel in the in the team. And the team struggled a little bit before uh, when they were missing uh, some of the national team players. Uh, what, what can you do to avoid that happening again in this game, upcoming game against Colorado, uh, when they're missing players, as well as a few, a couple weeks down the road when uh, they'll be missing players for Mexico match as well? Yeah, it's it's just a matter of guys that aren't in the national team pool as far as Shari Joe stuff, you know, being a, a leader. Um, who else? I mean, anybody can step up. I mean, the young kids like James Riley. I mean, Kanu. 
whoever they bring in. I mean, uh, Dempsey, all these guys can step up. So it's just a matter of uh, one or two guys stepping up and scoring a good goal like Charlie did yesterday. And Charlie's been a big leader for us, you know, all year. I mean, he's a big, strong dude. He's a big bully in there in the midfield. So I think everybody feeds off of that. So it's just a matter of us as a team stepping up and just going in there and playing a tough environment, tough altitude, and getting a good result. Joe, you had what seemed to be a pretty easy game on last Wednesday night against uh, Rail Salt Lake with the 4-1 victory. And uh, we see the two new expansion teams in the league not doing well at all. Can you make any comment on that? Uh, I, I don't. I can't really pinpoint one thing. I mean, the week before in Kansas City, we had numerous opportunities in the first half. We didn't put them away, so... If we if we did the same thing the following week, uh, Salt Lake maybe would, would look like a, a different team. So it's just a matter of us uh, putting away our quality chances. And as far as they go, I think they're just trying to uh, put some results together as a as a young team. I, uh, as far as expansion goes, I think it's going to take a couple years. I mean, there's a great coach out there in Ellinger, and as far as Chivas go, I don't know what's going on over there. But uh, from Salt Lake goes, I think they have a good core. The players get along and. It's just going to take a little while. You just can't throw people together and expect to win. Well, it it was a great victory for uh, Revolution on Wednesday night after the disappointing loss to Kansas City the prior Saturday. So. Yeah, it was good. Good rebound. I think all the guys were exactly chomp, the rebound. chomping at the bit to get a good result because after that result, it looked good. And with the team this year, uh, and first, uh, even with. With so far in first that they could even afford to win a game and the second place team winning every game uh, they, they could still finish first uh, how, how great do you think it is that the team has done so well uh, with the, uh, n- not only in the standings but also with the set plus 17 goal differential uh, you saw a few years ago the Revs had their first positive goal differential what has been the difference in these five years that you've been with the team since 2000 when you came and the Revs were well, I had a pretty good season actually, 2000, but uh, 2001 where they really struggled. What is the difference between those these those two teams? Yeah, I think the main thing we're always going to score goals. I mean, when you have Clint Dempsey, you have Taylor Foreman, you have Pat Noonan, you have Steve Rawson, you have players that are so attacking like that. You know, you're going to score goals. But I think we're t- we're committed to uh, team defense, and uh, I think that's what we uh, we came to the conclusion this year is something we're going to have to do. And we're all on the same page, and we're very organized. We're clogging up holes and we're working together for for each other and we're truly a team you know and uh, team defense is the main reason for the goal differential and not only that but Matt Reese is he's standing on his head right now so uh, you give the credit to a lot of people you know but I think the main thing is the team defense and the Revs had a reserve match this morning uh, in Dallas did you get to see that match? I didn't yeah yeah we actually did really well you know playing 2-1 I don't think the level dropped at all I mean all the guys were saying wow you know um like I said, it's a testament to Steve Nichol and Paul Mariner, the, the players that they bring in. And uh, I tell you, if you get hurt or you, uh, you know, you turn your back a little bit, you're not playing well, you're going to be sitting and someone's going to come in and they're going to take your job. So yeah, it keeps you on your toes and uh, we've got a great thing going here. And were there any players that particularly impressed you in this morning's reserve match that you think could step up big come time for the Colorado match on a Wednesday? Um, there's a number of players. I mean... I know Marshall's going to come in and play next week, next Wednesday. He's going to be playing with me on the left side, and uh, I enjoy playing with Marshall. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. You know, um, he's he's had a little break for a couple of weeks. He's, I think he's got a a little hunger going there. So 
for me to be able to play at Marshall again is going to be really, uh, really interesting. I'm going to enjoy it. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today, and uh, good luck in the game on Wednesday against Colorado. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. That was uh, Revolution captain Joe Franchino, uh, defender and midfielder, has been uh, one of the mainstays in the Revolution lineup this year. Uh, last night had the great assist on the first goal for the Revs, and he's really been doing a great job for the Revs, both in midfield and in defense. I liked what he said about everyone is on the same page this year and working together and improving and a tribute as he stated to the coaching staff. Yep, team chemistry has always been an excuse we've seen in past years, but not the case this year. Uh, we got to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with some more Revolution Recap. Hi, this is Scott McPherson from the Sports Journal Live to tell you about my friends at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic. Whether you're involved in a sports injury like I was or involved in a motor vehicle accident, Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic will get you back on the road to recovery. The specialists at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic in Somerset are the area's leaders in physical, occupational, and speech therapy and can help you get through the recovery process with first-rate attention and care. Clifton specializes in sprains and strains, hand and wrist splinting, stroke and neurological rehab, as well as post-surgical rehabilitation. For more information on Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, call 508-675-7589 or visit them on the web at cliftonhealthcare.com. That's Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, your first stop on the road to recovery. Whether it's a major sports injury or that pain in your knee that's becoming more than just a pain in your knee, Coastal Orthopedics is with you every step of the way. The friendly doctors at Coastal Orthopedics will help get you back to a normal lifestyle. ECL rehabilitation, scoliosis, shoulder arthroscopy, knee ligament injuries, knee arthroscopy, rotator cuff injuries, to total knee replacement. Coastal Orthopedics has three convenient locations to serve you, two in Fall River and one in New Bedford. If you're an athlete with an injury, Coastal Orthopedics is your first choice for top quality care. And the doctors at Coastal Orthopedics understand you don't need to be an athlete to need the best in orthopedic care. So if you have an injury, think of Coastal Orthopedics, 235 Hanover Street and 1030 President Avenue in Fall River and 84 Grape Street in New Bedford. 508-646-9525. Coastal Orthopedics, with you every step of the way. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called Marines. A tough and determined few, dedicated to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few who have earned the title Marine. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean. 
Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining me still in the studio is uh, Patty Vine of Providence Sports Magazine. And, uh, we were, before we had Joe Franchino on, we were talking about the Revs Real Salt Lake game. Uh, we actually have Steve Nichols' comments for post-game, and also we talked about during that game um, the possible signing of, a, of another player. So uh, we can play that now, the post-game comments from Steve Nichols. Uh, about the Real Salt Lake game. We'd have preferred to put the game away earlier. You know, at 2-0 we were uh, coasting and we stopped doing the things that we, that we were doing well. The referee made a bad, a bad call and we got a free kick score from it. That kind of set us back a wee bit. We really just had to be on a guard. As long as we concentrated and we kept plugging away, we were confident we'd uh, get, get another goal. Unfortunately, it took us a wee bit longer than we'd hoped, but uh, nonetheless we got it. You're always afraid that something's going to happen and you're going to conspire to make a mess of it. I mean, the 2-0, we were in absolute control of the game and we really should have been, we really should have, at the very least, have, have just, you know, solidified that and, and, and tried to push on from there. But, you know, as I said, it was a, I thought it was a bad call from the ref, one of many he had tonight. Um, and we ended up losing the goal, which set us back. Are you still looking for more players? Yes. Anything on the horizon? Or? Yeah, we've got a couple of things. Hopefully, the we're working on. Hopefully, one of them will, will, will come off. You threw Kano into the mix. You know, he's kind of struggled the past couple of games, but he comes out tonight and gives you a cracker of a goal. Yeah, he looks lively. You know, he's you know he's uh, when he opens his legs up, you can't catch him. Um, he's also got a great a great shot, which you saw tonight. Um, you know, we'd obviously like to see more of that. This is a shot in the arm for him, confidence-wise. Uh, he'd been struggling for the last few games. Yeah, I hope. I certainly hope so. You know, it means uh, you know he's going to be banging the door down to, to ask why he's not playing. I hope. Um, it just gives everybody a, a kick out the backside as well. Was, was it a conscious effort on your part? It seemed like, it seemed like most of the attack through the first half was here down the middle, to the right. You wanted to stretch the field, and you joined one to the left. Yeah, we just you know we want to we want to try and use uh, as many different ways of getting up the, up the field as we can. You know we don't want to be um, regimented in the way we go. We want to be we want to have opportunities. If we can go left, we'll do that. If we can go right, we'll do that. And if we can go up the pipe, we'll do that as well. And that was head coach Steve Nichol on uh, Wednesday's victory over Real Salt Lake. Um, we, we mentioned earlier the Revs in great position here. Uh, game, a game of some importance for the Revs tonight uh, between the Columbus Crew and the Metro Stars, the two bottom, really the bottom feeders of the Eastern Conference at this point. Uh, Columbus uh, at the bottom. A win for Columbus would make it three less points the Revs need to get to clinch a playoff spot. And uh, Columbus, uh, last time we checked, was winning one nothing. That game was postponed. It started at six o'clock. It's still only the 22nd minute. They delayed it from the 22nd minute, and uh, we're getting word that the, g- the game should start back up at eight o'clock. Exactly. It did start at, at 6. It ended 19 minutes later. There was a goal by John Wolniak in the 12th minute for Columbus. He was an ex-Metro star. So, um, and also in goal for Columbus is Johnny Walker, who is uh, an ex-Metro star. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many fans are left in the stands as well after a, a long, over an hour delay and some horrible thunderstorms that uh, passed through the area and could be coming up here next. I think we will be getting hit with those same, very same storms. Um, I just wanted to mention, Sean, I did some research. As we know, D.C. United will be in the Copa Sudamericana in uh, starting Wednesday night, September 21st. Uh, all the games of the Copa Sudamericana, which actually officially got underway this past week, are televised on Fox Sports in Espanol for any listeners that want to watch some really good matchups. Uh, re- uh, the DC United 
is going direct into the final round of 16, and they will be facing a one of four teams, two from Chile and two from Peru, who are fighting it out for one spot. Those two, uh, this past week on Thursday, Universidad de Chile faced Universidad Católica, uh, in Chile, I believe that Johnny Walker came to the Metro Stars from Universidad Católica in Chile. The result there was Universidad Católica 2, Universidad de Chile 1. And in Peru, Universitario faced Alianza Atlético. Once again, one of those two teams could be DC United's rival when they travel to South America to participate. I believe this is the first time ever. Those two teams tied 1-1 that a, that a MLS team team has gone to South America to participate in any major uh, tournament. Yeah, DC used to be really the dominant team and really all of the Americas we saw them win the CONCACAF Champions Cup and then go on and beat Boca Juniors in the Inter-American Cup uh, back in I believe 99 and, uh, and now they're not the power they used to be. Uh, salary cap really caused their team to break up. It'll be interesting to see how they compete in this competition. As I say, they will face one of four teams, Universidad de Chile, Universidad Católica, both Chilean teams, uh, Universitario or Atlético, uh, Alianza Atlético from Peru. And their first game uh, for D.C. United will be Wednesday, September 21st. They pay, play two games with the same team and the best uh, score result, total score result is the team that goes on. And we've got to wrap things up here, but one more thing to mention uh, before we go. Uh, in, in the game between the Columbus and the Metro Stars, one player who's not playing is Edson Buttle, who's really been one of the better players in the league over the past few years for Columbus. And uh, he, he failed a test in the substance abuse policy. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. They're going to be doing retesting, and they said he won't be playing back until uh, they, they've done some more testing on him. So we'll have to see what happens there. That's a sad note, un unfortunately, from one of our best players. To, to find out that there is some substance abuse question, um, they didn't. The MLS Net did not give too much detail on that. We've seen that be a big issue in baseball, and oh, as we've seen it now in soccer. Hopefully, it doesn't. This is an isolated incident; it doesn't keep happening. But uh, we got to wrap things up here. Uh, thanks for joining us today. I'd like to thank Patty Vine for coming to the studio and joining me, as well as Joe Franchino over the phone. Uh, we're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution in Major League Soccer. And uh, archives are available at revolutionrecap.com, and you can get the latest Revs news at anyrevs.com. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sean.